0: SECTION 4 OF ON THE NATURE OF THINGS This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Raven Notation ON THE NATURE OF THINGS by Lucretius Translated by John Selby Watson BOOK 2 PART 1 IT IS SWEET when the winds disturb the waters on the vast deep, to behold from the land the great distress of another, not because it is a joyous pleasure that any one should be made to suffer, but because it is agreeable to see from what evils thou thyself art free. It is also sweet to contemplate the contending forces of war arrayed over the plains without any share of thy own in the danger, but nothing is sweeter than to occupy the well-defended serene heights raised by the learning of the wise from whence thou mayest look down upon others and see them straying in all directions wandering about to find the best path of life contending in intellectual power vying with each other in nobleness of birth and striving by excessive labour night and day to rise to the highest power and to obtain the government of affairs o wretched minds of men o blind souls in what darkness of life and in how great dangers is this existence of whatever duration it is past we may not see that the nature of every man demands nothing more for itself but that he from whose body pain is removed and absent may exercise his mind WITH A PLEASURABLE FEELING, EXEMPT FROM CARE AND FEAR? WE ARE SENSIBLE, THEREFORE, THAT VERY FEW THINGS ARE NECESSARY TO THE NATURE OF THE BODY, THOSE THINGS, NAMELY, WHICH ARE OF SUCH A KIND, THAT THEY MAY KEEP OFF PAIN, AND THAT THEY MAY AFFORD, AT THE SAME TIME, MANY PLEASURES, NOR DOES NATURE HERSELF EVER REQUIRE HIGHER GRATIFICATION if there are not in the houses of men golden images of youths holding in their right hands blazing lamps in order that light may be supplied for the nocturnal feast and if their dwelling neither gleams with silver nor glitters with gold nor harps cause the arched and gilded roofs to resound nevertheless when they have stretched themselves upon the soft grass near a stream of water under the boughs of a high tree they socially though with no great wealth gratify their senses with pleasure especially when the weather smiles upon them and the seasons of the year sprinkle the green grass with flowers nor do hot fevers sooner depart from the body if you are tossed on woven figures and blushing purple than if you are obliged to lie under a plebeian covering for which reason since neither riches nor nobility nor the glory of a kingdom are of any profit as to our body we must further suppose that they are of no profit to the mind unless perchance when you see your legions moving with energy over the surface of the plain stirring up the images of war or when you see your fleet sailing with animation and spreading far abroad upon the water religious fears alarmed at these things flee affrighted from your mind and the dread of death then leaves your time undisturbed and free from care but if we see that such suppositions and expectations are ridiculous and merely objects of derision and that in reality the fears and pursuing cares of men dread neither the sound of arms nor cruel weapons and mingle boldly among kings and rulers of affairs nor shrink before the brightness gleaming from gold or the shining splendour of a purple garment why do you doubt but that to produce these effects is wholly the office of reason especially when all our life labours under the darkness of ignorance for as children tremble and fear everything in thick darkness so we in the light fear sometimes things which are not more to be feared than those which children dread and imagine about to happen in the dark this terror of the mind therefore it is not the rays of the sun or the bright arrows of day that must dispel but the contemplation of nature and the exercise of reason attend now therefore and i will explain to thee by what motions the generative bodies of matter produce various things and resolve them when produced and by what force they are thus compelled to act, and what activity has been communicated to them, for passing through the mighty void of space. Do thou remember to give thyself wholly to my words? For, assuredly, matter does not constantly cohere as being closely condensed in itself, since we see every object diminished, and perceive that all things flow away, as it were, through length of time, and that age withdraws them from our eyes, while, nevertheless, the sum of all seems to remain undecayed, and this happens for this reason, that the particles of matter which depart from each object, lessen the object from which they depart, and endow with increase the object or objects to which they have transferred themselves, and oblige the former to decay, but the latter, on the contrary, to flourish." nor do they continue always in the place to which they have gone, and thus the sum of things is perpetually renewed, and the races of mortal men subsist by change and transference from one to the other. Some nations increase, others are diminished, and in a short space of time the tribes of living creatures are changed by successive generations, and like the races, deliver the torch of life from hand to hand. If you think that the elemental atoms of things can remain at rest, and can, by remaining at rest, generate fresh motions of things, you stray with a wide deviation from true reason. For, since the primary particles of all things wander through the void of space, they must necessarily be all carried forwards by their own gravity, or, as it may chance, by the force of another body. For when being often moved they meeting have struck against one another it happens that they suddenly start asunder in different directions since neither is it to be wondered at that bodies should do so which are of the utmost hardness and of solid weight nor is it to be observed does anything behind oppose their motion and that you may the more clearly understand that all the atoms of matter are tossed about and kept in motion remember that in the sum of the whole or in the entire universe there is no lowest place nor has it any point where the primary atoms may make a stand since space is without bound and limit and shows of itself by many indications that it extends around infinite in every direction and this has been proved by indisputable argument which immensity of space being admitted there was evidently allowed no rest to the primary atoms passing through the void profound, but rather, driven by perpetual and constant motion, part, when struck by other atoms, rebound to a great distance, and part, also, when struck, rebounding only to short distances, are caught and intertwined, as it were, by the stroke of the particles that come in contact with them, and whatsoever particles being brought together in a more close congeries rebound only to small distances as being involved by their own entangling shapes these form the strong substance of rock and the rigid consistence of iron and a few other things of their kind and of similar hardness other particles again which wander through the vast void of space fly when struck far off and rebound away to great distances These supply to us the thin air and radiant light of the sun, and many atoms, besides, wander through the great void, which are rejected by combinations of bodies, and have nowhere been able, admitted into union, to associate their motions with other atoms, of which circumstance, as I conceive, an example and image is, from time to time, moving and present before our eyes, For behold, whensoever the beams of the sun pour themselves through a trink in the dark parts of houses, you will see in the light of the rays many minute particles throughout the open space, mingled together in many ways, and, as it were, in perpetual conflict, exhibiting battles and fights, contending in companies, nor allowing any pause to their strife being agitated by frequent concussions and separations so that you may conjecture from this spectacle what it is for the primary particles of things to be perpetually tossed about in the great void assuredly a small thing may give an example and traces leading to the knowledge of great things on this account it is more fitting that you should give your attention to these notes which seem to confuse one another in the rays of the sun because such disorders signify that there secretly exist tendencies to motion, also in the principles of matter, though latent and unapparent to our senses. For you will see there, among these atoms in the sunbeam, many, struck with imperceptible forces, change their course, and turn back, being repelled sometimes this way, and sometimes that, everywhere, and in all directions, and doubtless this motion in all these atoms proceeds from the primary elements of matter, for the first primordial atoms of things are moved of themselves, and then these bodies which are of light texture, and are, as it were, nearest to the nature of the primary elements, being urged by secret impulses of those elements, are put into motion, and these later themselves, moreover, agitate others which are somewhat larger. Thus, Motion ascends from the first principles, and spreads forth by degrees, so as to be apparent to our senses, and so that those atoms are moved before us which we can see in the light of the sun, though it is not clearly evident by what impulses they are thus moved. And now, O Memmius, what activity and swiftness of motion has been given to the original atoms of matter, you may learn from what follows. In the first place... When Aurora sprinkles the earth with new light, and the various birds, flitting through the pathless groves, fill every part amid the soft air with their liquid notes, how suddenly, at such a time, the rising sun, overspreading all things, is wont to clothe them with his rays, we observe to be visible and manifest to all. But that heat and clear light, which the sun sends forth, do not pass through mere empty space on which account it is compelled to go more slowly, because it has thus to force a passage through the flood of air. Nor do the particles of heat pass every one singly, but connected and combined together, for which reason they are, at the same time, both retarded by one another, and externally obstructed, so as to be obliged to proceed less rapidly. But the primordial atoms, which are of pure solidity, when they pass through empty space, and nothing external retards them, and when, moreover, they themselves, being one and uncompounded in all their parts, are to that one place borne onwards by their own tendency, to which they have begun to proceed, must be thought, it is evident, to excel in swiftness, and to be carried forwards much more rapidly than the light of the sun, and to run through a much greater region of space, in the same time as the beams of the sun traverse the heaven. But neither have they to delay, being retarded by deliberation, how they shall proceed, nor have they to pursue the neighbouring atoms, one after the other, that they may learn by what method everything is to be done. End of section four.